Hello, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demeester. We already got 10 weeks in the books, folks. And I was talking to a coworker the other day, everybody, and Dominic. And I got to tell you, this was the, one of the more incredible weekends of football I could remember in a long time with all these crazy finishes, comebacks, upsets, and these field goals at the buzzer, uh, these walk-off kicks. I love to see it. I love my close games, Dong, and we were not uh, surprised, or I, I guess to say we were not uh, mistaken by the the crazy close games we thought we'd have this weekend. No, a lot of close games, William. I think that we're rounding up close to the playoffs and everybody's trying to get every single win. They know how much it counts. A lot of crazy upsets. Let's get this started. Yes, for sure. Let's jump onto it right away, John. We talked about uh, some of those crazy and close finishes. I want to jump right away to the Houston Texans, the Cincinnati Bengals. 30-27, to 27, the Houston Texans win, and they improved their record to 5-4. and four. This was the game I was following the most at 1 o'clock. I was watching a little bit of red zone. I turned into this game in the second half, and it looked like it was going to be another one of Cincinnati struggling on offense. Uh, Jamar Chase gets a beautiful touchdown route, uh, basically wide open there. A nice play by Burrow and Chase seeming to, to, uh, to read each other's minds there on the play. They got a touchdown. They ended up coming back in this game, and then Houston comes back, and C.J. Stroud leads the charge. They win this game by three. The numbers C.J. Stroud has put up this year are not only good enough for Rookie of the Year, Dominic. They're good enough for MVP. Right now, he's in that MVP conversation. And, you know, leading with who? Who's on this team? Noah Brown, uh, Tank Dell, uh, like Damian Pierce is injured. This is super, super impressive if you're a Houston Texans fan. And I had Cincinnati as my survivor pick, so I finally eliminated. I, I did shed a tear because I thought of all the games and all the teams I had left. I said, look. Cincinnati came up an impressive win against Buffalo. Houston's playing with house money right now. And I'm going to take Cincinnati to win this game at home, no problem. But maybe this Houston Texans team isn't playing with house money. Maybe they're actually just that good this year. And you talk about a division that's wide open. Jacksonville's look vulnerable at times. The Colts to the Colts. The Titans have questions at the QB position. Houston gets the job done here. And I'm super impressed with how they do it. Tank Dell, Noah Brown, and led by their leader, CJ Stroud. Matt, it looks like I don't want to talk too soon, but it looks like they found a gold mine in Houston. Well, Houston's doing a fantastic job under D'Amico Ryans. I think D'Amico Ryans right now is probably in the runnings for coach of the year. To be able to get a young quarterback to play at that level really shows to me that he knows this offense. And obviously, we talked about it all year round. We need to see quarterbacks throw the ball down the field a lot more. And for whatever reason, right out of the gate, C.J. Strout just seems to have it. I'm pretty sure it has to do with the personnel that is out there. I mean, I know, William, we talked about it a bit last week with regards to the receivers on this team. Maybe not household names yet, but they are solidifying that ride receiver core up in Houston's with guys like Tank Dell and Nico Collins, who hasn't played in this game because he was injured. But a guy, like you said, Noah Brown, 
coming out of nowhere and really delivering the past two weeks. I think Robert Woods, they signed him as a free agent. Clearly, this guy must be leading with his veteran leadership and his voice in the locker room. This is how it's done, folks. This is how it's. you take a young rookie quarterback, you draft the right receivers, and you just let the ball go. You needed to have a shotgun QB. Houston has it right now. And I think because they do, they have an edge on the entire competition with regards to most of most of the teams in the NFL, let's face it, there's not a lot more shotguns quarterback as they used to be back in the day. Now we're seeing a lot more hybrid quarterbacks out there that can run and pass. But I still believe if you keep your quarterback in the pocket and you let your receivers do what they do best is get open downfield, you can get plays, big plays quickly. That to me is how you play the quarterback position, not running around left and right because you don't see anybody open and you're, you're kind of relying more on your instincts, which basically nowadays is 50% of the quarterbacks in the NFL at least. So congratulations to the Houston Texans. I think their future is bright. Who knows, even this year, they could potentially sneak in the playoffs. We said there might be a few rookie QBs. Why not the Houston Texans? Well, that's the thing, Tom. And, you know, I think you, you touched on it. You know, he's not afraid to throw that ball into good thing. The thing I like about him is he he trusts his craft. And, you know, you have a lot of quarterbacks that are dink and dunk, dink and dunk. I'm going to, you know, try and march up the field and not throw an interception. He doesn't care if he throws that pick. If you look at this game, this game was over at one point, And uh, they were, they were uh, had this game in the bag to the Houston Texans. And he threw a pick, right, on third down. And it was a terrible play. And it was all crap. That's a rookie mistake. And that's exactly what we kind of thought we'd maybe see out of C.J. Stroud in his rookie year. Not that he was obviously uh, throwing a ton of picks in college, but you expect a rookie to make rookie mistakes, and he hasn't until that point. And that's what gave Cincinnati a chance to come back in this game. They were down by 10. They go out there, get the touch on, get a field goal to tie this game up. But he didn't let it bother him. He still goes out there. He still throws the football. And if you look statistically at his, you know, his yards per completion, this past game, he didn't have, he had a, quite a few completions, mind you, but for the amount of yards he got is even that more impressive. Even the previous game, when he passed for over 400 yards, in this game, he goes um, a very, very, you know, a statistical, uh, as you can say, gem there, beating the Cincinnati Bengals in this one. He goes 23 of 39, 23 completions, 39, not the best completion percentage, but on those 23 passes, 356 passing yards, Dom, 100 172 of those yards going to Noah Brown. It's been impressive, right? And, you know, he's not scared. And I love that out of a quarterback. You know, we just saw most recently the Denver Broncos get a victory over the Buffalo Bills. And Russell Wilson dinked and dunked, dinked and dunked. And, yeah, they won the football game. And it's impressive to beat a team like, I mean, Buffalo's not Buffalo this year, but still. But this guy is not afraid. And I love that out of a quarterback. He has the guts. He has the you-know-whats to go out there to put the team on his back. And it's not as if they're doing it with a bunch of studs. You talked about Robert Woods, Dom. Where has he been this year? He has he had one catch in this game. So it's not as if he's relying on this veteran leadership and uh, veteran player. I guess I can say more, more potentially the leadership aspect of Robert Woods there, like you mentioned. And, you know, who knows what he brings to the locker room. Probably a lot of good stuff. But I, I love what you said there, Dom. He's not afraid to make that mistake. And he's playing to win football games rather than not to lose football games. And I love that. 100%. Uh, Houston struck 
obviously a superstar in CJ Strout. And they played against Cincinnati, which a lot of people like yourself had Cincinnati to win this game. But Cincinnati's got a huge problem right now, and that is their inability to run the football. And I think it's showing week in and week out that yeah. Cincinnati is a one-dimensional team, which is Joe Burrow trying to find Jamar Chase. I've been saying this all year round. Yes, they didn't have Higgins in this game, but they still had Tyler Boyd. And yes, they did feed Tyler Boyd a lot in this game, but it's just too much pass-oriented. You could make a great case with regards to it being a, a recipe for success, but look at Houston. They still ran Devin Singletary 30 times in this game for 150 yards, where you have what, Joe Mixon getting the ball 11 times? That's just not going to cut it. It just won't. It's too predictable. Joe Burrow is a great quarterback. But until Cincinnati fixed their running game, I'm not going to be able to take them for real at all. I think that honestly right now, I put them in the same category as the Chargers, two mysterious teams that are underperforming currently in the NFL. Yeah, I think that's a good take. We talk about, you know, teams that uh, weren't what we expected them to be. And like the Chargers are the Chargers. They just find these weird, odd ways to lose football games. But yeah, Cincinnati has been a bit of a surprise to me. And I really thought that after last week beating Buffalo, that would have kind of kickstarted them into a potential run in the second half of the season. And look, they they lost by three uh, to a team that is not as bad as we make them out to be. So uh, maybe that's, uh, you know, a little bit more praise to Houston than knock on Cincinnati. But yeah, Cincinnati is going to have to find ways to win football games, especially against, you know, teams with younger quarterbacks and being at home. And, you know, Joe Burrow in this game, like, look, you could talk about the O-line all you want, Dom, and, and people do, but he had a few passes in this game he wanted back. He threw a pass in the end zone that was intercepted. It was double coverage. He had no business throwing that pass. Anyway, we talked a lot about this game, a very, very fun game, potential game of the week there. Let's uh, let's move on, Dom. We had a lot of other crazy finishes. Yeah, but before we go to those other finishes, I'm going to throw yes. a curveball here. Sure, sure, and sure. Let's go and rip on Bill Belichick because <laughs> what a brutal decision was this as a head coach and will go down maybe as potentially one of the worst calls of his career. And who knows if he gets fired at the end of the year. I mean, this is a lot to say on the guy who's got obviously six Super Bowl rings. But regardless, let's get into it. Indianapolis beats the New England Patriots. 10 to 6. Yes, not a beautiful game up in Germany. I'm sure a lot of people might have wanted their money back. But at the end of the day, someone has to win the game. And the Indianapolis Colts sitting at 5 and 5 and five and take it. You know what? Gardner Minshew, we talk about him all year. You know, he's not a great quarterback. But for whatever reason, he finds sometimes his ability to get open himself by just scrambling out of the pocket. And right off the first drive, he seemed to have it and he did a good job. And they ended up getting that one touchdown, which ended up being what they really needed because at the end of the day, they only got 10 points. But yeah. for, for Garner Minshew, a lot of people, you know, don't really respect him. He's a backup quarterback. But you know what? They're sitting at five and five. So they're in the thick of things for a wildcard position. And this is an all-around football team led by right now Jonathan Taylor, who I still think right now has the freshest legs of any running back in the NFL coming in. I think this guy can deliver. And a guy like Michael Pittman, I think this guy gets not enough respect. You know, in this game, eight receptions, 84 yards on 12 targets. This guy is a really good wide receiver. And Garner Minshew seems to have a good connections with him. And Josh Downs, who obviously didn't have a great game, but he's coming off an injury. So we'll give him a pass. But Bill Belichick, I mean, talk about just destroying your QBs from the very get-go in the offseason. It has mm. been an atrocious game plan by Bill Belichick and mm. just destroying QBs' confidence in New England. Like, literally. You have Mac Jones. Okay, 
I understand. Listen, the guy, again, as usual, has these odd throws in these crucial times. But listen, we're not the one who put Mac Jones as their starting QB from right. the very get-go in the season. You had Billy Zappi. You could have gone the Billy Zappi route. What did you do? No, you you decided to cut Billy Zappi out of nowhere, only to bring him back, confusing the hell out of him. And then in this game, when Mac Jones decides, you know, to have a couple bad plays here and there, what do you do? At the very end, you bring in Billy Zappi to try to what? Shame Mac Jones? Shame on you, Bill Belichick. Shame yeah. on you. Because to me, you should be a better coach than that. You know, you should be developing developing the confidence of your QBs, not throwing them under the bus because your ego can't take it. It's that simple. You think you have the right to do that. And in my opinion, it was a really poor decision. It showed a poor decision on your character. And as a fan, I can't accept it. I honestly want to see Belichick. I said last week, he should be gone. I don't care how many Super Bowl rings. This guy is not a good guy to develop quarterbacks. He was literally handed Tom Brady and he he got that on a silver platter. The greatest potentially quarterback of all time. So you know what? Until he does it again with another QB, I'm sorry, Bill Belichick. You are not the greatest coach of all time. You'll be known as the product of Tom Brady. Literally. You were literally the guy who basically wears on Tom Brady's back. And Tom Brady led you to the Super Bowl. And as a matter of fact, I have to throw in Spike 8 there. And all these weird things that we've had with regards to the New England Patriots that creates always this weird aura of kind of like a cloud of shadow on this organization. So you know what? I had enough of seeing Bill Belichick and I'm really happy that this showed his character and that everybody got a chance to see it. Well, Dom, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. No one is smiling more than yours truly after how the New England Patriots have struggled this season. And yeah, look, I mean, you talk about it and the quarterback controversy there and what happened in this game, what happened throughout the season. There's a few things here. One of them is, yes, you take Mac Jones out of the game. I'm not uh, in a disagreement with benching Mac Jones, but you got to do it at a certain time, right? The final drive of the game, okay, like, I mean, yes, is dirty pool, but forget that. And you can't tell me you honestly think at that point in the game, Bailey Zappi gives you the best chance to win the football game after yanking out Mac Jones. And you're putting Bailey Zappi in a very difficult situation, too. I, I think that he was trying to make a statement more about Mac Jones, which I don't mind. But then you have to think of what you're doing to Bailey Zappi. Right? This game is international. Everyone's watching this game. And, you know, he, he didn't do the job. He, he went out there. He did his best. He threw a pick. That was the game. But he put himself in this hole. And like you said, Dominic, he decided to go with Mac Jones. I was okay with him going with Mac Jones to start the season. But this season started off poorly, and they were just haven't been able to score points. The offense has been atrocious. Eventually, you got to pull the plug, and he was just never able to pull that plug. And when he did, now, I don't want to say it's too late, but it kind of is too late, right? They, they're last in the division. Their season is over. They really have no realistic shot of making the playoffs. So... I, I'm all about circumstance. There's time and circumstance to do everything. I'm not a, against benching, benching Mac Jones, even during a game. But when you're doing it right before the final possession, when you're doing it this late in the season, expecting miracles to happen, you know, it's it's not right. And it's not a recipe for success. And, you know, I think that, you know, I talked about it with uh, my buddies a lot. And, you know, a lot of them is like, yeah, this, the spy gate, the flake gate, and all that stuff. You're just saying because it's easy to say and you hate the Patriots. Well, maybe there's a bit of me that doesn't like the Patriots. And, you know, I get to, I use that against them. But Th- those things happened, right? You're not going to sit there and tell me Spygate didn't happen. You're not going to sit there and tell me Deflategate didn't happen. Whether they would have won the Super Bowl or not because of that is irrelevant. The fact it did happen, it happened under his watch and he knew about it. So I'm tired of the excuses. I'm tired of, oh, the air in the ball doesn't mean anything, yada, yada, yada. I don't find Bill Belichick a stand-up guy. I find him very rude and I say obnoxious in interviews. Um, 
And, you know, he, he acts as if he, he, he can't even speak. And I don't like his one, two, three word answers. And, you know, Patriots fans seem to love that, right? And you look to each his own. And I know that's, you know, that's how Belichick has built his career uh, by being a guy that's going to, you know, repeat something onto Cincinnati, onto Cincinnati. Well, sorry, my friend, onto Cincinnati is not working much this year. And you got to put up or shut up. And right now he's really, he's been shutting up because he hasn't done much. And this team has been very, very I'd say boring, uh, for lack of a better word, and they just can't score points. So I think in the offseason, they're going to have a lot of questions to answer. And I, and I think I'm with you, Dom. I wouldn't be surprised if Belichick doesn't end the season because things have turned wrong very quickly in New England. So we talk about walk-off finishes. And the the <laughs> the fact that I love to hate the New England Patriots Hate is a strong word. I'll say dislike the New England Patriots. A team I also tend to dislike and love to dislike is those Buffalo Bills. And what a heartbreaking loss for Buffalo, Dominic. Talking about this game, this is a pretty good game throw in terms of being back and forth. I just ripped Russell Wilson before and his inability to throw the ball down the field. And, you know, I'm going to continue to do so. It was a great win by the Denver Broncos. Hat goes off to Denver Broncos in that defense. And, yes, Russell Wilson did lead that last-second drive, that pass interference, and the game-winning field goal. That was great. But it was really the Denver Broncos defense that did this in this game and got them the victory. Or it was Josh Allen turning the ball over like he has all season. But, anyway, side note, I want to see Denver start getting more creative on the offensive side of the ball. Throw the ball downfield. Give your receivers a shot. You have Sutton. You have Jerry Judy. You can go out there. You can do this. Now, bright side, the Denver Broncos win. They're 4-5. and five. You know, I don't think we thought early in the season they'd be sitting at 4-5 and five right now. They've beaten the Buffalo Bills. They've beaten the Kansas City Chiefs. They've beaten Buffalo in Buffalo. But what a crazy finish down in Buffalo. Th- thinking they have the game won. Too many men on the field. Well, let's get back out there. It's a game-winning field goal for Denver. They went 24-22. Similarly to my CFL fans, the Great Cup when Saskatchewan thought they had the victory over the Montreal Alouettes. The Alouettes ended up kicking a game-winning field goal after missing the first time when Saskatchewan had too many men on the field. You can't make this stuff up. When it rains, it pours, Dominic. I'm not sure where to start with this Buffalo Bills team because Josh Allen hasn't looked good. James Cook looked great in the game besides his three fumbles, as weird as that sounds, because he did run the ball well. And then to have too many men on the field, I I think, I'm not sure what I just said, but I I think it's really when it rains, it pours type of thing. And Buffalo right now sitting at 5-5. and I really thought when they went in and they crushed Miami at home that, you know, this was going to be the kind of the springboard and the trampoline that propels this team to, you know, fix up their stuff and go out and be that Super Bowl contending team they can be. But they just haven't seemed to figure stuff out. And Josh Allen, it's really weird because he looks lost out there. And he's always been that gunslinger and always made, I guess I can say, risky choices. But now his risky choices aren't paying off. And he doesn't have the touch he seemed to have on the the throws that he used to. And I'm not, you know, really sure what's gone wrong with with him, where he's at, whether it's McDermott. But if you have to place the blame, it it seems very easy to place on Allen. And I think that you have to. He's the leader of this team. He's a guy that should be winning MVP or at least be in contention to the end of the season. And he has just not got it done for this Buffalo Bills team. Another walk-off field goal, another shocker, and another AFC East team losing this weekend. Buffalo falls to 5-5. Five and five. Yeah, I mean, like, let's talk about Denver first. Turning yeah. the corner in that division, you know, the Chargers are a bit struggling. Now you got the Raiders also turning the corner. Should obviously set up for a very fantastic finish for the AFC West. I think Russell Wilson really needed this football game. The last two weeks, we talked about Denver, 
having a stronger second half of the season. We knew that they were going to struggle a bit at first. A lot of a lot of expectations with Sean Payton coming into this organization and fixing it right away. But remember, Denver was coming off a bye week as well, and giving Sean Payton two full weeks to prepare for this football game was a lot. And I think that they came prepared, and they came and they delivered. And for Buffalo, I, I have to say that it wasn't really a bad bit, bit. Like the game plan in itself was pretty much decent. They ran the football. They unfortunately threw two picks, which obviously you can't do. But other than that, I yes, you mentioned obviously the turnovers as well. It's basically you can't turn the ball over that many times in a football game and expect to win. It's that simple. That's what I'm going to say. Why the Buffalo Bills lost this football game is because they turned over the ball way too much it's that's what it is but at the end of the day i think there's still a lot to build on here i think that this recipe for success of keeping the the running backs fresh and running the ball a lot and obviously having josh allen not being running the ball too much himself will benefit you down the stretch i know it sounds bizarre they lost this football game to the broncos stefan Diggs didn't really have a great game here either but i'm telling you if they play more like this they will win more than they lose and these don't have two big key offensive players one of them being Dawson Knox which I still think has a great rapport with Josh Allen and we need to see that obviously come back at some point I think it's week 14 if I'm not mistaken he's going to be back so keep an eye on that and I think playoff Lenny is going to be helping this running team whether it be by just his experience or being on the field he will be there and doing a job in the locker room at least. And I think that will pay dividend to the running game. So as much as we can critique the Buffalo Bills, I'm going to pass and say they're sitting at five and five. And I know this team's a good football team. They're really banged up. But at one point, a lot of people are going to get banged up and be in the same kind of wavelength as the Buffalo Bills. As for the Denver Broncos... This is good, man. This is like the Denver Broncos that we were expecting. I honestly think that the the way that this um, game plan as well was developed, you might critique the wide receivers here. But again, I like the combination of the run in the pass here. I know Russell Wilson didn't have like a crazy statistical game, but look at it. 24 for 29 for 193 and two TDs, no picks. This is a good game management game that if Denver is going to be competitive, this is how they have to play. They're going to lose some games like this. Don't get me wrong, but I do like this defense. And I like a guy like, you see, Strahan is a great DB. And, you know, Stefan Diggs is a great wide receiver. But when you, sometimes you get an amazing DB on you for most of the game, you know, you got to give uh, your hats. You got to lift your hat off to Strahan because he did a phenomenal job at containing Diggs in this game. So, you know what? I'm going to say that at the end of the day, I still think the Buffalo Bills are going to somehow sneak into the playoffs. Uh, we know that we're going to regress uh, this year. We can see it now sitting at five and five. But I think both teams right now are going to be in a dogfight to get a wild card spot when it's all said and done. Yeah, I think, you know, Buffalo and uh, sitting at five and five right now is not what you'd expect. But uh, Denver to start the season there uh, and to be at four and five right now is, yeah, like I was just telling my dad, like they're kind of in the thick of things right now. They're half a game behind those Buffalo Bills. And right now they have obviously had the tiebreaker after that head-to-head win. Um, I, I'm going to press the panic button now, Dom. I'm, honestly, if I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, just because the way they've been losing games has been very unconventional and different than they have in season past. And you can say, well, usually the defense used to give up 
up a lot of points. He used to lose in the shootout. Defense wins championships. So, you know, it's refreshing to see the defense make plays. I would agree with that. But what made Buffalo so special on the Super Bowl contender was this offense, right? It was the connection between Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis being that, you know, very good wide receiver too. Then potentially getting the, the running game intact, getting Dalton Kincaid. And in this game, Kincaid dropped the ball. Gabe Davis dropped the ball. That led to an interception. Uh, you know, in the very first play of the game, Cook fumbles. I'm not used to seeing this team lose games like this. We've seen them lose games, not often, but when they have lost games, it hasn't really been like this. Where we've seen Josh Allen throw his interceptions and make mistakes, but it's almost like before Josh Allen throws the football now, he he seems hesitant, and you don't really see the confidence you used to see in him. You do see him slinging the ball, so you may think it's contradictory, but I'm not sure he has the velocity or or the belief in himself when he's throwing it. You know, he's kind of saying, I'm going to throw it up there, and hopefully one of my guys makes a play, rather than... I'm going to fit this in there and, you know, trust my guy to make a catch because I'm throwing him open. It doesn't really seem to be like that right now. So I'm panicking a little bit more, Dom, and especially because the way that um, I guess I, I feel his, his expression is towards the game. You've always kind of seen him, you know, get a first down, get a touchdown, be hyped, be almost a little bit cocky. And I feel like he's lost that over the last two games. And, and look, I'm not saying this team is not going to make the playoffs, but this team is built to do more than make the playoffs. So when we say, you know, this team potentially make the playoffs later on in the season, I'm not really disagreeing with you, you with that, about that. I think Miami is favorites now to win the division. I wouldn't be shocked if Buffalo does win the division. But what I'm saying is this is not the team I thought they were come preseason. And we had talked about a lot of teams writing this team out and we'd say, you know, slow down on that. Maybe these experts knew something we didn't on because I'm shocked with the way Buffalo Bills are playing right now, especially with the fact that they're losing these games at home. This is one of the toughest, if not the toughest place to play in all of the NFL. And, you know, the fans were booing in the beginning of that first quarter, which is something you never see. They ended up getting back into the game and then to lose the game on a coaching error like this when you have too many guys on the field. I don't know, Dom. I, I think that, look, maybe it's uh, maybe my Dolphins fan and loving to pounce on the Bills when they're down. But if I'm a Bills fan, I, I think I am pressing the panic button. Listen, there's obviously a, a concern with Josh Allen, but I just have the belief in him that he will bounce back out of this. Mm -hmm. this. This honestly is a situation where the Buffalo Bills are an injured football team. And obviously, it's you're not going to say that you can't blame your, your team on injuries, you have a lot of depth. You're supposed to showcase your draft picks and whatnot. And yeah. so you can't just blame that. There's obviously some blame to go around. We could obviously say Sean McDermott, uh, especially on that last play of the game with too many men on the field. He's, as a head coach, he should be responsible. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to press the panic button because I mm -hmm. do believe that he's going to be getting, actually, I said Dawson Knox was week 14. He's going to be most likely getting him back week 12. So okay. you'll see, they've been missing a key ingredient on the offensive side of the ball. I think like playoff Lenny is going to come in there. And I think Dawson Knox is going to come in there. This team will turn it around. They're, they're feeling the funk. And I do agree that Josh Allen doesn't look right. It's because he's, he's, he's lost a little confidence. I'm not going to lie. See, obviously mm -hmm. not playing great football. I'm not going to lie. And, but he's going to have to find the willingness to accept what the coaches want wants him to do which is not scramble around and just stay in the pocket and find your receivers i do believe stefan diggs is a phenomenal wide receiver and he just needs a bit more space and a guy like dawson knox out there would provide him just a bit more room yeah, I think so for sure. And I, I think you said touch on it before. He does have a really good connection uh, with Alan does knock. So hopefully they're able to, uh, to get that connection going once he comes back. All right, Dom, let's continue with the great games. 
Well, let's talk about the Detroit Lions and the Chargers. You know, we just got to go there right away. This was one of the best games of the year. Yeah. You know, those Lions, you know, a lot of people were just kind of like scratching their heads. What happened against the Ravens? Well, this was obviously a whole 360 because, boy, did they come out and play and play hard. I just love the running game in Detroit. Under that offensive line, whether it's Jamar Gibbs or David Montgomery, this is a recipe for success. Jared Goff is just playing really well right now when he's got that type of offense, just rolling and steamrolling their opponents. You know, he went also for 333 yards and two TDs. And a guy that hasn't even developed yet and is a quiet sleeper is Jamison Williams. And they have that guy in their back pocket. I have a feeling late in the season, this guy will finally get comfortable in this offense and he might be dynamite come playoff time. So keep an eye on him. But Amon Ray St. Brown, just a beautiful receiver as well. Eight receptions, 100. 156 yards on nine targets. This team played hard. They deserve the victory. You know, yes, are they were they exposed against the Ravens? Yes, they were, but the Ravens tend to expose a lot of teams when they got the lead. So I'm gonna chalk that game as being one of those like let's move on past it and let's focus on who the real Detroit Lions are. And in this game, I think we saw who the Lions really were and they beat a good chargers team which have been up and down all season but they were riding the hot streak you know the only thing is is justin herbert poor guy he's he, he does what he can it's 27 for 40 323 yards four tds you know this guy seems to be just on a unfortunate team with a horrible coach and i don't know how many times how many week in and week out uh, that i could say that this coach is just not meant for justin herbert but he's just going to have to do it himself. And the rapport that he has with Keenan Allen is probably one of the best in the NFL. Keenan yeah. Allen, at his age, still producing 11 reception, 175 yards and two TDs. This is a combination that could literally take you far in the playoffs. And I think Austin Eckler as well uh, is a, a running back that's really underrated. He got injured early in the season. He's still getting his legs back. And he didn't have a phenomenal game, but still, you know, 19 carries, 67 yards and one TD. I think as the season progresses, you know, the Chargers are sitting at four and five. It's just, I can't charge. I can't have confidence in the Chargers because their coaching is, is what just boggles my mind with a lot of yeah. these play calls that he does. It's just, it's always the wrong one at the wrong critical time. And in this game, you know, it was what it was. Detroit took it 41 to 38. It was a beautiful football game. And I got to give hats off again to Jared Goff because this is the type of, quarterback play if you want to go far in the playoffs you got to play like this guy just did and that's why they won 41 to 38 uh, an incredible game just an absolute treat like there wasn't uh too many great in terms of key matchups four o'clock games uh this was you know one of the two games to follow throughout the week it was this one and the 49ers and jags unfortunately that didn't pan out to be a great game but what a team effort when you look at the detroit Lions in this game you talked about jared goff and the way he played in this game he threw for 333 yards David Montgomery rushed for 116 yards, got a touchdown. Jameer Gibbs rushed for 77 yards, got two touchdowns. St. Brown, eight catches, above 56, one touchdown. And the Lions defense didn't play great in this game. They gave up 38 points. Um, but they were able to make a little bit more uh, important stops than you can see the Chargers defense, which wasn't all that tough because the Chargers defense wasn't able to get any stops. And it's very unfortunate situation for the Chargers. And I don't know what it is. I, I think that, you know, for, for lack of, you know, 
more in depth or more analysis. There's just some teams in sports that are snake bitten, and the Chargers are just one of those teams. Against the Miami Dolphins in the first game of the season, they were able to put up points. They somehow found found a way to lose that game at home. In this game, they're at home. They put up 38 points. They somehow find a way to lose. And you could say yes, they don't have Williams and this, that, and the other thing. And Eckler's coming back. But I, I believe that if this team had Jerry Rice, you know, Tom Brady, like Daniel Tomlinson, and and Anthony Gonzalez in their prime, they'd still find ways lose football games because that's Chargers football and it's just so weird to say but some teams in football and in sports are like that and this was a a back and forth game and I thought one of the Detroit Lions pulled away in this game would be over but credit the Chargers for sticking with it credit Herbert who played a pretty good game. He did miss some throws, which has been uncharacteristic of, of him on his career. But this season, there's been a few throws that he wanted back. Uh, but this was this was the Lions game. You know, they were not going to be denied. I love, love the fact that they went for it late in the game on fourth down. It was fourth and two, I believe. Close to midfield, but in Los Angeles Chargers territory. They got it. Ended up kicking a field goal there. And the Lions got the victory. And, you know, this team embodies everything Jack Campbell's about. You know, they're blue-collar. They're going to play smash-mouth football. Uh, and they're going to do things the unconventional way. Right? That means if that means they're going to go for it fourth on uh, fourth down eight times in the game, they'll go for it on fourth down eight times in the game. If that means they're going to kick an onside kick to start the game, they're going to do that. They've really bought into this Jack Campbell. And, I, you know, I put the Lions... Up to the test. You know, I challenged this team uh, and Jack Campbell, and they've really, really rose up to the challenge so far this season. And I think it's an incredible way to bounce back, especially after the way they played, like you mentioned, against those Ravens. The NFL has just been up and down this year. Great win by the Lions. Speaking of those Ravens, they had the game in the bag. Up by 14 at home against Cleveland. Cleveland gets a touchdown to make it 31-24. Okay, it's all good. Lamar Jackson is going to go out and ice the game. He throws a pick six. Becomes 31-30. Cleveland misses the extra point. Okay, all good. Cleveland, you know, Baltimore is going to go out, run the clock. They don't. And Cleveland kicks a game-winning field goal. And the Browns win 33-31. to i got to shout out a few of my boys. I had some friends that actually went to this game. Uh, the same friends that uh, went to the Buffalo Bills-Dolphins snow, snowball game last year with me and they had a great time unfortunately i wasn't able to go but they were treated to an incredible game and they said the fans were shocked they were shell-shocked this game was in the bag baltimore had it they were doing everything they wanted obj got a touchdown a nice pass it was good to see obj in his prime and the baltimore ravens let it slip and i was talking with a few teammates of mine we played flag football and we were saying who's the best team in the nfl and we see, you know, Philadelphia and, okay, that's true. It was the best team in the AFC. And it was, it had to be Baltimore at that point. And now they go out and they, I don't want to say lay an A because they played fairly well for the most part. Deshaun Watson gets injured in this game. He come back and they still find a way to win this game. Like, this is what I'm talking about, about a crazy week in the NFL and games just being tight and the NFL being so, so wild this year. Cleveland gets the job done. And Dominic, don't look now, but your Cleveland Browns, my Cleveland Browns are sitting at six and three. Yeah, man, those Browns, you know, we got to give this team has been through adversity with Deshaun Watson. We got to give him a bit of props for still finding a way to compete week in and week out. And I think that, you know, in this football game, it was key, huge turnovers that swung the game around for Cleveland. I mean, Lamar Jackson, this huge tip right in the air, ended up getting to Newsom's hands and he took it to the house. And at the end of the day, those are the type of plays that win football games, right? So momentum, momentum, momentum. Cleveland just took it away from the Ravens. And the Ravens, I got to tip my hat to Roquan Smith. He was an absolute machine out there. 21 
total tackles, 14 solo. That's unheard of almost. So the Ravens D, we know they're strong. With a guy like Wokron Smith just destroying their opponents and finding a way to lose somehow, that's because at the end of the day, turnovers could kill you. And we saw it, obviously, uh, with the Bills. Obviously, that was another big problem there. We're seeing it with Baltimore. Just good football teams, no matter how good you are, if you're going to turn the ball over too many times, it's going to come back and bite you. And this is what happened to the Baltimore Ravens. But let's not take it, you know, take too much away from the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson played a decent football game. You know, he found Amari Cooper, which is his main go-to for six receptions, 98 yards. He needs to have that locked down for the remainder of the season. And he also needs David Njoku to play exactly like he did. Another big game from Njoku, six receptions, 58 yards on nine targets. Those are his weapons. That cannot, you know, you cannot stray from those guys. I know you want to be creative, but just feed those two players and run the football. With that defense, that's a recipe for success. So congratulations to the Cleveland Browns sitting at six and three. Who knows where you're going to end up, but right now, I like the Browns' chance to make the playoffs. I'm, you know, if you would have told me that a few weeks ago, I would have said, Dominic, like, what the heck are you talking about? But yes, they are sitting at six and three. Their defense has played well. Miles Garrett has been having a heck of a season there. And, you know, with everything that's gone on with, you know, the Sean Watson, obviously, that we already know, and, you know, losing Nick Chubb for the, the entire season, it's pretty incredible to see this team sitting where they are right now. Dom, I got to ask you, we talk about, you know, things changing from week to week. The 49ers dismantled the Jacksonville Jaguars. 34-3, to three. the 49ers stopped their three-game losing streak. They now sit at 6-3. and three. The Jags had a chance to make a statement in this game, Dominic. They didn't do that. They fall to 6-3. and three. I'm going to go out and ask you, Dominic, are the Jacksonville Jaguars pretenders, or do you think this is a game that, you know, they're playing a hungry team coming off a of bye in the 49ers? That's a tough question, William. I'll have to say, you know... I, I, I'm personally, sorry, to, to answer, I, I think they're pretenders. I, yeah, I know the AFC's been up and down this year, but I, if, if I look at team, when I think about contenders, pretenders, can I see this team in the Super Bowl? I, I can't. I, I cannot see the Jacksonville Jaguars in the Super Bowl. And I, and I thought, you know, it'd be possible if you asked me last week, but they just lost by 31 points. Yeah, but it's the San Francisco 49ers, and they were a desperate right. football team, and they just ran to a truck, right? That's what happens. Yeah. You run into a truck, you get destroyed. And we talked about Detroit running to a truck with both with the Ravens. This is one of those weird games, right? So, but we I've been saying that Trevor Lawrence is a 50-50 quarterback. I just don't know what to expect with him. So I'm not surprised whatsoever. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars need to utilize better their running game. I think Tang Bigsby has been buried in that backfield in favor of Travis Etienne. I think that's a big mistake. You have fresh legs with Bigsby. Nobody has seen anything out of him yet. You give him a couple reception, a couple runs here and there, but it's always predictable when he's going to get the ball. Hence why he doesn't get any yardage whatsoever. I saw a lot more out of Tank Bigsby in the preseason. I thought he was a great draft pick for them. He's a huge guy. They need to get him more involved. And uh, Travis Etan, I, I like Travis Etan. Don't get me wrong. He's he's had a great bounce back season, but I think that you got to mix it up more with Tank Bigsby. I think that he could kind of like be... You know, Aaron Jones and Corey Dillon in Green Bay. That's what I see for the Jacksonville Jaguars with these two players as well. So let's give a pass to the Jacksonville Jaguars here. Sitting at 6-3, and three, they're not obviously out of it by any stretch of the imagination. They're in a kind of like a very funky division, which you never know who's going to come out of, whether or not the Houston Texans is going to shock everybody and win the division. I don't think so. I, Indianapolis is a good football team. But right now it's Jacksonville's to lose. You know, they have a Super Bowl winning coach. Let's just see what Trevor Lawrence could do. Trevor Lawrence, you know, 
He was drafted number one overall. This guy is a pocket QB. He's got all the stature. He's got everything to be the number one guy. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, he's not consistent. And he's not consistent because I think the game plan is lacking. And I think there's too many mouths to feed maybe. They have Calvin Ridley out there. Just feed the ball to Ridley. Just just focus on Calvin Ridley. Simplify yeah. the playbook. But unfortunately, in this new NFL, everybody needs to get a slice of the pie because everybody wants to, to have their say. And sometimes that just doesn't work out. And the Jacksonville Jaguars right now are paying the price for it. And that's why they lost this football game 34-3. to yeah, tough, uh, tough there to see them lose by 31 points there. Maybe, you know, the plan will be uh, get uh, Bigsby a few more carries now because after this one, they're going to go home and I don't want to say back to square one, but definitely a few things to consider. So just before we wa- recap, or I should say preview, um, our next week of football, let's just recap the week that was. We had your Pittsburgh Steelers, Dominic, winning 23-19 to over the Packers and was a pretty good game. Minnesota gets the job done, 27-19 over those Saints. Joshua Dobbs, what a story, eh, Dom? Unbelievable. Joshua Dobbs, the m- mad rocket scientist, getting <laughs> it done. And uh, really proud of him because he deserves it. Does he ever? We got Tampa Bay beating the Tennessee Titans 20 to 6. A bit of a, a boring game there, but good on uh, Baker Mayfield to get, to get the job done there. We had Kyler Murray coming back and getting the victory on another walk off field goal 25 23 over the Atlanta Falcons. Another great game. The Commanders and Seahawks are really, really good one down to the wire. Seahawks winning 29 to 26 over the Commanders. The Cowboys dismantling the Giants 49 to 17. I think at this point, the Giants got to be relegated to the CFL. And last but not least we had the Raiders beating the Jets 16 to 12 we talk about the Raiders and you know them uh building a little win streak there so we'll see what they can do uh heading into this week the Jets you you know my thoughts on uh, Zach Wilson I'll just leave it at that let's jump into week 11 we got a great game tonight finally a good Thursday nighter the Cincinnati Bengals the Baltimore Ravens we got the Ravens favored by three and a half oof Dominic I'm gonna throw it over to you because I don't know who I'm gonna pick I got to go with the Ravens here. I think that the Ravens are going to bounce back playing a divisional game, but this is a three point game. This is probably an overtime game. Give me the Ravens 27, 24. Oof, you convinced me, Dom. I had a very similar score. I'm going to go Baltimore 27-26. Let's keep up with the theme of walk-off field goals. Justin Tucker hits a 51-yarder as Tom expires to win this game. Next up, Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns. We got the Browns favored by four. I'm going to go with the Steelers in an upset, man. They just find weird ways to win football games. Their defense has been lights out this season. TJ Watt has been nothing short of spectacular. Give me your Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to go a low-scoring game just like they like it. 2017 final score Steelers. Wow, this is a tough one. I'm surprised that the Browns are favored by four. I'm going to go with the Browns, but I don't like it, though. I don't like that spread, but I just think that the Browns at home are going to be just that much better. In overtime, they take it 26 to 20. Alrighty, Nick. I like the non-bias there, Dominic. Next up, we got the Arizona Cardinals at the Houston Texans. We got the Texans favored by four. Texans are really doing well, but you know what? They're facing Callum Murray, who just won a crazy game late with his legs. I was really surprised that he was just blazing saddle, and hopefully that can revive his career. And I think he's gonna ride the momentum. A lot of money wow. going to be chucked on C.J. Stroud this week, but they do not win. Give me Arizona in the upset, 28-20. to 20. Well, I like my upsets, Don, but I don't have one here. I like Houston continuing to roll and prove their record. 
to uh, to uh, you know six and four right now. And uh, yeah, you look at this team, and you know they're they're riding hot. And you know, the four point spread's a pretty good one. I think they win this game, and they just cover. I'm going to go 27-22 Houston Texans in this one. Next up, we got the LA Chargers at the Green Bay Packers. We got the Chargers favored by three. Look, if the Chargers are going to get back on track, it's going to have to be against the Green Bay Packers. Give me the charges in this one. And I know it's risky picking them because they always find a way to disappoint. But I think this is a bounce-back game and a get-right game for them. Final score, 28-17 Chargers. Yeah, I think the Chargers should be favored a lot more in this football game. So I'm kind of confused. I, too, will take the Chargers. I think that Herbert will have the better of love. Give me the Chargers, 35-17. All right, next up, we got an NFC East battle. New York Giants at the Washington Commanders. Commanders favored by 10. Yeah, this is going to be closer than what people think. I know the Giants are absolutely terrible. The Commanders are good, but I just think that the Giants have to put some type of game plan together. So I'm going to take the Commanders in this game, 27-24. You know what, Dom? The Giants have been so unimpressive this year that I, I think this is a, a spot-on point spread, and I think that the Commanders cover. I'm going to go 24-13. They're not going to need to do much offensively. They could run the ball a lot in this one. I don't expect too much from Howell or Terry McLaurin. The Giants just can't find ways to put up points with DeVito, and yeah, they're going to have to figure something out quickly, but I don't think they can. Give me the Commanders to win by 11. Next up, AFC South matchup. we got the Tennessee Titans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars favored by six and a half. Man, that's a tough spread. I'm going to go another close game here. Jacksonville wins 27-24. Too many points here. Tennessee can pull off the upset. I just, I don't see it happening. Jacksonville wants to rebound after their terrible performance last week. Tennessee will Levi. They struggled. But I think that's going to be, uh, you know, a little bit more of an offensive game than people think. And yeah, I'm going to go Jags by three in this one. Yeah, I'm very unimpressed with Mike Vrabel, and I've been a huge advocate of his. And I think that they might be playing for a draft pick. It's my only understanding because yeah. he's playing way too conservative for my liking. So give me Jacksonville in this football game, 28-10. to 10. All righty, another divisional matchup. Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions. Detroit favored by 10. Detroit favored by 10. I wonder if Justin Fields plays in this football game. I'm yeah, going to say... He does, and as a result, that they will uh, play a lot stronger than people think, but they will not win. I think Detroit takes it 30-27. to 27. Yeah, I like what the Lions have been doing. You know, I know they did come off a poor performance against the Ravens not too long ago, but I think they're able to continue that offensive, uh, you know, firepower that they showed against the Chargers. They win this game 33-14 to 14 and cover. Next up, Miami Dolphins hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. we got the Dolphins favored by 11.5 in this one. This is a big spread, man. And you know what? My Dolphins coming off a bye. I think they win this game, but I don't think they cover. You know, I kind of like what I've seen out of the Raiders at times. Josh Jacobs, you know, he's shown that he has still a lot to prove and, you know, a lot left in the tank. So I'm going to go Matthew winning this game, but not as convincingly as people think. I'm going to go 27-18 final score Dolphins. No, this smells like a big blowout. I really oh, think wow. this smells like a big blowout. Miami in Miami, I've been waiting for, you know, a team like the Raiders who might be competitive for maybe the first two quarters, but by the second half, the Dolphins will take it. Give me the Dolphins high scoring 45 to 20. Well, I like it. Hope you're right there, Dom. All right, next up, we got the Dallas Cowboys at the Carolina Panthers. Dallas favored by 11. Ooh, Dallas favored by 11. Ah, you know what? 
I have to go with Dallas and another blowout. I, I'm kind of like hesitant by saying that because, you know, in Carolina, things could get funky, but I'm going with Dallas. Big blowout, 45 to 13. In Carolina, things can get funky and they will get funky. Give me the Carolina Panthers to pull off the massive upset 27-24 in wow. OT. Give me some of that Bryce Young. He has shown absolutely nothing for me to believe him this year. But we talk about the NFL being weird and freaky and, you know, it has been that this year. The, the Cowboys are up and down. We know that. They found a way to, you know, crush teams and they found a way to play fairly good most of the time, but they also find a way to lose the hours in the Cardinals. Give me the Panthers in a big upset here. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, in overtime by three over Dallas. Next up, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers favored by 11. That's way too high of a spread. 49ers win. They don't cover. Final score, 26-20 to 20 in this one. And the 49ers win back-to-back games. Damn it. This spread makes no sense. The yeah, Bucs defense is definitely decent. Oh, this is a tough one. I'm going to go with another blowout. I think it's going to be a blowout weekend. Give me San Francisco, 52-24. to 24. Wow. Already high scoring. Next up, we got the Seattle Seahawks at the LA Rams. Seattle favored by one on the road. Damn, this is a divisional nightmare. Every time this frigging game happens, for whatever reason, you get a slugfest. I don't think it's going to be any different. This is my upset of the week. Give me the Rams to play strong and take it 17-16. Nice. I like that. I'm going to go a close game as well, but I think the Seahawks will find a way to win this game on the road. I'm going to go 27-24. I just feel like right now Seattle has more to play for. You can see this team potentially making the playoffs and making a run. And I thought I would have said the same with the Rams, but the Rams have been a little bit too up and down for my liking. So yeah, give me Seattle to win this game uh, and cover on the road. Next up, we got the New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo favored by seven. Oh, man, remember what happened the first time these teams played each other. Unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers uh, got injured, and the Jets found a way somehow to win the football game. And if they're going to win this game, the Jets going to have to be with their defense, forcing turnovers. And God knows that they can do so against this Josh Allen-led team that has been turning the ball over left and right. But I think Buffalo gets it done here. I'm going to go 21-20 final score. They eke out a victory over the Jets. Uh, game is in Buffalo again. I, I don't think it's going to be, uh, you know, as uh, as one-sided as the spread, you know, is pointing out to be. So I'm going to go Buffalo just, just winning this game by one. Yeah, this is a very bizarre spread as well. I'm going to go with the Bills to take this game, but I think they're going to have to pull it out in overtime. Give me the Bills 23-20 to in OT. Wow. Alrighty. Next up, Sunday Night Football, we got the Minnesota Vikings at the Denver Broncos. Both teams pretty hot right now. Minnesota, the hottest team in football. We didn't really talk about them all that much. We did mention Josh Dobbs, though. Uh, Denver favored in this one by one and a half at home. Give me the Josh Dobbs trade. I'm on it, and you know I'm going to ride it until uh, he shows me that uh, you know I, I need to uh, I need to get off and stop trusting him. I'm going to go final score 30-23 in this one. Uh, I think this would be a good game. If you uh, you know you uh, would have asked me maybe a little while ago what I said. Man, another crap Sunday nighter. This could be a good one. I think it will be. And I think the Vikings will pull off the victory and they win by seven. Yeah, we just saw that defense play really strong against the Buffalo Bills. I think that continues, William. I, I like the Broncos in mile high. Give me wow. the Broncos. The defense caused havoc on Joshua Dobbs. Give me the Broncos 17 to 10. 
All right, last but not least, we got a Super Bowl rematch Monday night football. Your Philadelphia Eagles at your Kansas City Chiefs. The Eagles remember that sour taste they got in their mouth after being oh so close to winning another Super Bowl. The Chiefs favorite in this one by three at home. Very funky. I don't know, man. I really don't know. I like the Eagles overall a lot more than I do the Chiefs this year. I'm going to keep it at that. I like the wall that I see protecting Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown has been on a tear. So give me the Eagles to win this game. I don't think it's going to be that entertaining. Give me the Eagles 27 to 17. You know what? I'm going with the Eagles as well. And I think that they win this game by three. I think, like I said, you know, when you lose a Super Bowl, it always stings. And when you get a Super Bowl rematch against the team and you're going out there in Kansas City, you know, what a way to kind of spoil a party than go out and win this game on the road. It's, you know, it's going to be a... A loud game. You know, talk about two fan bases that love their football. Kansas City, Philadelphia. And I think that the, the Eagles get their revenge here. Uh, they win this game 30-27. to 27. That could be the potential game of the weekend. You know, I was looking through the uh, the schedule early on just before the show. And I was really, really excited for this game. Uh, it'll be cool to see a lot to, to look forward to in this game. You know, we know that the uh, Kansas City Chiefs haven't been what we thought they would. A lot of struggles on the offensive side of the ball. So let's see if they're able to, uh, to fix that up. But I'm with you. I got Philadelphia winning this game as well. We've got a few minutes left on the show. Dom, like we do every week, what are you most looking forward to in week 11? Well, I want to see what Cincinnati does this week. I really want to see if they can run the ball against the Ravens. That's a big task to ask for, but if they're going to beat the Ravens, they're going to have to run it down the Ravens' throat. That's how the Steelers beat the Ravens. I mean, think about it. The Steelers beat the Ravens. Let's see if that happens. That's what my eye is going to be on. Joe Mixon, better run and run hard against the Baltimore Ravens. That's uh, I really like that one. That could be a uh, a heck of a you know a, a game to focus on. I'm going to go with your Pittsburgh Steelers and Cleveland Browns. Whoever wins this game, Dom is going to be sitting at seven and three. And if you would have told me beginning of the season that one of these teams would be seven and three, I would have said there's absolutely no way. And you look at the standings right now: uh, Pittsburgh Steelers six and three. Like I said, Cleveland Browns six and three. Um, and if you go and you look at that division right now, the Baltimore Ravens are seven and three. The Cincinnati Bengals are five and four. Let's say Cincinnati comes up and they win their game over Baltimore. Baltimore seven and four. Cincinnati has become six and four. And then whoever wins that football game between the Steelers and the Cleveland Browns is going to be first place in the division. Uh, in a division that we thought, or at least I did, was going to be run away by either the Baltimore Ravens or the Cincinnati Bengals. So you got a big opportunity now if you're Cleveland and if you're Pittsburgh in this game. It's going to be a close one you know I think it's going to be one of the games that a lot of people follow the most um I know two similar teams, right? Two teams that have great defenses that like to run the football a lot. Uh, I know they have quarterbacks that have made mistakes so far this season, but nonetheless still find ways to be six and three. Very impressive. Look, all I know is it's been an incredible NFL season. I don't expect this week in the NFL to be any different. We got a great game tonight between the Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. That's going to be one I definitely watch closely. The playoff push starts now, already heading into week 11, folks. So hopefully you guys keep an eye on nfl this week don't touch the clicker stay enjoy yourself have a restful sunday and thank you again for tuning into the show we'll be back next week same place same time you were listening to cjlo 69 a.m in montreal